Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word Jerry. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against canceled culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the canceled culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against canceled culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All right, the results are in finally two years into the uh, pandemic. The results are in. I'm right. They're wrong. Uh, Lockdowns don't work. Uh, Masks don't work. Ivermectin works. (laughs) Big surprise. Uh, We're right. They're wrong. And uh, you know what they're going to do? Double down. Let's... (laughs) Let's let's wear more masks. Let's let's remain in lockdown. I don't know when it's going to end, but we know we know they were wrong all along. We'll give you the details, the studies on that. Also, uh, Brian Flores doubles down. He's making the rounds. Uh, I just uh, he's doing interviews everywhere with his uh, less than diverse legal team. And uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, is firing back. Yes. That is not going to end well. Jeff Zucker, Jeff Zucker, as they call him on CNN, Zucker is out at CNN. I'm not sure who gets custody of Brian Stutler, but uh, we will discuss. Um, Another big name or two or three is bailing on uh, uh, Spotify. We'll give you those names. Um, some athletes are threatening to boycott the opening ceremonies tomorrow. That will be interesting. And you're not going to believe, you are not going to believe why two of the uh, pan, two of the judges on Masked Singer, I know that's your favorite, Karana. Love it. Two of, two of the judges angrily walked off the set of Masked Singer, and you will laugh out loud when I tell you why. We'll get into that and a lot more in today's Callahan Show. Brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free check- checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, and no strings attached. What's better is with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. All right. I'm not sure when this thing changes, when the uh, lockdown lunatics, the mask fanatics throw up their arms and surrender and say, you were right. We were wrong. That's maybe never, maybe never. No, that's maybe they will. Uh, but it just seems ridiculous now. And I think, a lot of people are coming around and, and realizing it. I went into Staples yesterday and I didn't wear a mask and I didn't do it on purpose. I just forgot. I just walked in and I'm, I was in there walking around up and, and, and everyone else had masks and I realized it. And I looked around and I said, wow, I'm the only one without a mask. And I said, I'm not going to put it on now. And nobody said anything. I think people 
are done. They know it is all theater. And I think not everybody, because every day you'll see one of these crazy masked lunatics on an elevator, you know, right. assaulting someone for not wearing a mask. But I think more and more people are getting to the point where they're saying, if you do what you want, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you want to get bags, get bags, just, you know, leave me alone. Now, there are pockets and Boston is one of them and New York and L.A. and you know, D.C., these crazy blue cities where they will never, ever let up. Um, and and we will we will mock them. We will laugh at them because I think in much of the country, much of the world, people are getting back to living their lives. This could have been the biggest, the most interesting development in the last uh, few weeks. Now, England, Finland, Denmark, and Ireland have dropped all COVID restrictions. No masks, no vax cards in these countries. And let's be honest, a lot of times in the U.S., we look toward, you know, Western Europe, you know, these, these social, socialist Democrat um, uh, of nirvana where, where, you know, they look and say, oh, why can't we be more like Denmark or Sweden? Well, they're waking up and they're dropping the restrictions. It's only a matter of time before we do the same. But we, you know, I mentioned that they'll never let it go. Neither will we. I mean, and I think history will no, not look back kindly on the lunatics who forced children to wear masks, who abused children, who, who put small businesses out of business and did it with pleasure. History will not look kindly on people like Charlie Baker and, and uh, Gavin Newsom and um, uh, Gretchen Whitmer and uh, Bowser in D.C. and Michelle Wu, this radical fringe lunatic who now runs Boston and is now and still trying to put cops and firemen and first responders, put them out of work, uh, uh, just ruin them because they will not submit. Here's what happened in the last uh, few weeks. A study came out. Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry. 30. Uh, Marty McCary at Johns Hopkins says they took a look at 30 different studies. This is pretty comprehensive, uh, analyzing the effects of lockdowns. And surprise, surprise, they have no effect. They did not save lives. Dr. Fauci lied to you. He said lockdowns will save hundreds of thousands of lives, millions of lives. He lied. We know that. They did not. They did not save lives. They cost businesses. They hurt children. There were all kinds of collateral damage, alcoholism, drugs, domestic abuse, depression, all kinds of damage. They did not save lives. They were wrong. We were right. Um, we now know cloth masks do nothing. They were wrong. We were right. If you want to see what kind of people I'm talking about when I talk about these mask fanatics, we mentioned the Magic Johnson uh, uh, appearance at the playoff game, the Rams playoff game in LA right. the other day. And we focused mo more on Gavin Newsom, that, that slime ball, that unctuous, that, that obnoxious creep. And how he said, Oh, he just took his mask off for an instant to take a picture. <laughs> right. He lied. We all know he, he was lied. Judicious about it though. So you can, you can hang your head <laughs> right. on he that. Was judicious. And he had it in his hand and he put <laughs> it right back on. Uh, we, we went over this already. There were video photo. He lied. Well, Garcetti, uh, Eric Garcetti, the mayor of L.A., also took a picture with Magic Johnson and also was asked about it because he's another mask fanatic that wants you to abuse your own children, wrap your three-year-old's face in cloth, gag them, choke them, 
because you know public health um he took a picture with magic he's got like his arm around him they're very close did you catch uh, eric garcetti's explanation or alibi? of course i did yes of course i did <laughs> he held his breath he said now this is a typical hardcore left-wing authoritarian blue state uh a politician a he thinks you're stupid and b he thinks this uh will get him off the hook just yeah i I held my breath you held your breath when you took a picture therefore you didn't inhale any viral loads i mean uh, again he's in la the people are stupid they'll vote him in they're but does anyone believe that? Does anyone believe A, he held his breath, or B, that it, it matters no. that he somehow is safe because he held his breath? I'm just so tired of these sleazy, lying, scummy people who, it's one thing if you want to be that kind of weirdo and wear your double mask and, you know, do all the crazy. But this is a, one of the people who is forcing parents to gag their children. One of the people who's forcing restaurants and small businesses to go out of business he has that kind of power and he's obviously a lion sleazeball who thinks that i don't know somebody's going to believe that he actually held his breath while he took a picture well i mean well, well, there are a number of people who support him who just need an exclama- uh, explanation it doesn't matter right. if the explanation is plausible or a good one at all they just need something to to check off a little box in their mind that he gave a reason so that he they can continue to vote for him and continue to be uh, part of the you know the 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 blue clan but uh but hopefully we'll see when the elections happen because those are popularity contests we'll see if enough people will uh, reject that type of mentality and vote these people out of office and and we're going to remember which politicians which leaders had the guts had the balls to do the right thing obviously governor desantis in florida has come up big he's there you have locked down nothing they didn't close schools they he, he he banned mask mandates he's been a champion he's been a fighter through this whole thing then you have gutless cowards like charlie baker in Massachusetts, it was more concerned about what the Boston Globe would say about him. Charlie probably knows. He's not stupid. He probably knows it was all theater. Of course. He probably knows there was no reason to shut down playgrounds and take the rims off of hoops and close skate parks and, and not li- allow children to go play soccer or play sports or close gyms when you're dealing with a virus that particularly attacks the obese, the fat, and what does he do? Close gyms, leaves McDonald's open, leaves you know the Burger King open, Walmart, they stay open, liquor stores stay open, but we're closing gyms. History is going to look not look kindly on you, Charlie. You were a coward. You knew what you did was wrong. You did it anyway because you wanted a pat on the head from Linda Pizzuti and John Henry, the owners of the Globe, the owners of, of half the media outlets in the city. It's a disgrace what these people did. You ask a good question. Will people remember in November? God, I hope so, because it took some guts for people like DeSantis to stand up to the mob, the media mob, who wanted him to keep us safe, protect us. You look back at some of the video of these people, these media people, politicians, saying we need we need to cl- close things down. We need to shut down. We need to be safe. Well, we now know, beyond a, sh- beyond a doubt, these people were wrong. This damage was unnecessary. And I think of how little it affected me 
you know, that whatever they did that I, I, my gym, my good friends who owned a gym went out of business. I now have to wear a mask. If I want to go to the gym in the city, here's the people I can't get out of my mind. And maybe they're, they're handling better than I would, but my mother was in a nursing home and she's no longer with us, but it, it's tough visiting someone in a nursing home. It hurts. It's not, it's not easy. And you go in there and just hope, and she had dementia. I've mentioned this before. It is brutal. It was brutal. And it was tough to communicate most days. You know, she didn't know who we were, particularly toward the end. And you went there anyway, and you held her hand, and you tried to hope for that little spark, that little memory. And, I mean, that would make your day if she could just remember, you know, who who was there visiting her. It's brutal for everybody who goes and visits their loved ones in nursing homes. During this, when they would tell you, I, I, I can't imagine if I had to live through this uh, while visiting her and they say, oh, you know, you can't, only one person could go in there or you can only stay for 10 minutes or you're just going to have to FaceTime. Well, you have to get an iPad and FaceTime. My mother couldn't have FaceTimed. No. She couldn't have used an iPad. There are thousands, tens, hundreds, probably millions of people who were in, nurse, who were in nursing homes and died alone because of people, cowards like Charlie Baker, uh, authoritarians like, like, like Gretchen Whitmer or the Biden regime, or, or who enforced these lockdowns and these, in, these arbitrary draconian rules. And I, I, I mean, the idea that, and we remembered lots of video for of people like going to a window of a, a nursing home or a, a rehab facility and like waving yeah. to their loved one. I, I mentioned a senior housing building right near me. And I would walk by every day or jog by and, and look, these people were quarantined into their rooms for over a year, over a year, senior citizens, some old and you know confused, some not that confused, but either way they had to stay in their rooms for over a year. It's madness. It was madness. And, and that's, that, that's not even the worst part. People died and they couldn't have funerals. People died, loved ones, their parents, and they couldn't have wakes. They, they mean, they, 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 they literally would have, you know, whatever, two or three or five people at the wake. They couldn't have their family. They couldn't have their friends. They couldn't have a proper send-off. And then they would turn on the news, and there's George Floyd, where you have a whole, you know, the whole country's in mourning, and the, they had a gold casket. Al Sharpton's there, and thousands of people lined up to pay their respects. Or John Lewis died. And everybody in D.C. They just shut down the city and thousands of people went. And I can't imagine being one of those people who, whose mother or father died alone or spouse died alone because the people who at that funeral, at that John Lewis funeral, made rules that said they couldn't say goodbye. They couldn't have a proper send off for their loved one because, you know, it wouldn't be safe. It, it would jeopardize public health. But they can have thousands of people have this 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 grand send-off for a guy a politician or worse george floyd a, you know a drug-addled criminal who got murdered by a cop that's that's tragic but why is he different than my mother my father my spouse i mean it, it's just it, it, the, the the cruelty the abject cruelty from public officials from politicians from blue state scumbag governors is just to me something we should never forget. And it, it wasn't even solemn occasions when they did this, too. They would just do it to go out to dinner or go to party, or you got London Broil in San Francisco 
because the spirit of Tony, Tony, Tony moved Feeling us so much. the spirit. That like all these people who are partying and they're mocking us while you're exactly right. Our loved ones are dying and we can't spend time with them because it's too, it's, it's uh, too unsafe. It, it made no sense. I hope people remember. I'll remember. And I didn't have to gag my, you know, five-year-old. I'm, I'll remember. And I didn't have to sit home or sit outside the window at the nursing home and watch my mother die alone. We were all around her. My whole family was around her holding her hands when, when she, when she left us, it was brutal. It was tragic. It was all painful, but we were there the last two years people lost their loved ones and couldn't be there because politicians decided they had the power to force your loved one to die alone force you to wrap your child's face in cloth and make it hard for them to breathe because and and let's be honest everyone knows it was theater they that every teacher every principal every politician that forced children that still forced children to, 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 to try to breathe through these masks. They knew it was theater. They know it's theater now. They know it does nothing. They know even if that child gets COVID, it means nothing. And, and amid these reports, Corona, yesterday, I'm dead serious. I'm watching, and there is a news report. It's about all the, the, the failures of the lockdowns. The difference the lockdowns made in saving lives was 0.2%, one-fifth of 1%. And the, other, the damage on the other side, the damage they did to, to hurting kids, to, to breaking, destroying families, to ruining businesses is unfathomable. Uh, and amid this report, I'm not, I don't remember exactly which channel was on. I've been watching a lot of the news and, and, and celebrating the end, of, uh, you know, the end of COVID panic as we knew it. They mentioned Pfizer announces that they'll soon have a vax, uh, vaccine for six month olds six for babies okay i'm just gonna say i don't know how many of our listeners are are um, on board with this you are sicko you are a, a, a demented unhinged mental case if you look at hear this and say oh good and oh, in fact i saw it i should have uh, marked it was like a cbs or nbc reporter that said mm. good news for yeah. parents Good news. Soon there'll be a vaccine for children as young as six months. So you can take a baby, and I realize they get other vaccines. They get they, before they go to school, smallpox and other things, polio that are important. But those are de- diseases that would affect them. Those are diseases that could kill them. This is not. This is just for show. Your six-month-old does not need a vaccine against COVID because if your six gets COVID, they won't even know it. They won't even feel it. It won't matter. It is just a way for Pfizer to make money, for for Fauci to make money, and for people in D.C. to feel better. Like, oh, look, we got you know 250 million people vaccinated. It's scary how comfortable they are abusing children, using children. It is frightening to me. There, but 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 this is a good day. I, I don't want to get too caught up in this. It's a good day. They were wrong. We were right. Lockdowns didn't work. Masks don't work. Ivermectin does work. This is a study out of uh, Japan that says Ivermectin works. You know, so it is amazing. And and we can get to the latest on Rogan because this blows my mind, Karan. It truly, truly blows my mind every day, every night. 
to see, to hear these people railing against Rogan. The latest was that tub, that tater, uh, uh, Brian Stetler, saying CNN has a whole team of health uh, reporters who do their research, mm. and Rogan's just a guy who speaks, you know, off the cuff. And, and I'm thinking, no one has been wrong more than CNN. No one, no outfit, no organization, no reporter, no one has been more wrong more often than CNN. And this guy's saying, you can trust us, but you can't trust him when the results are coming in daily to prove that he was right. Well, they were and, wrong. and not only that's not Joe Rogan making this stuff up. He's on with experts who are talking to them from their perspective of expertise. That's what's happening. Right. Right. And, and, and they do it again. They do it again yesterday. The latest reports, uh, we can get to the, the latest big names who are bailing on Spotify and none of them gives an example. None of them listens to them. None of them knows what they're talking about. They just joining the mob. It is a great study in the mentality, the current, uh, you know, the, you know what I'd call this mass for mass formation psychosis. Would this be a good example of yes, mass? I, for, so. I mean, these people just keep proving their enemies, right? The most controversial episode of Joe Rogan was with Dr. Robert Malone who talked. And the thing that, that, that Spotify took down and YouTube took down was his comparison to, in this, to the current state of this country, to Germany in the late 30s, when you had a very smart, well, very well-educated population, which, to quote Robert Malone, went barking mad. Well, I sometimes think we've gone barking mad. And the, the Rogan thing is a great example. You have person, all these people either telling Spotify, take my music, take my podcast off your platform, or demanding further censorship and we'll get to Jen Psaki, which is the scariest thing I heard yesterday. Jen Psaki calling for more censorship, demanding private companies do more to censor their enemies and people just shrug it off and say, yeah, I mean, you hear one liberal after another saying, yeah, they got to do more to stop him. They don't give examples. They no. don't listen to him no. and they don't acknowledge that much of the controversy from the last much of the, you know, the many of the controversial things he said over the last two years proved to be right. So now he just tweeted to uh, well, yesterday, I believe he said, oh, looky here. And he linked to the study saying ivermectin works. Right. I mean, and even if it doesn't, he's entitled to say things that they don't agree with. When did we get to the point? Uh, I, I guess it's another outgrowth of the, the, the COVID panic where you say, I don't like what he's saying. And if you're in government, you can't stop them because we have a First Amendment. But they go around the First Amendment and they say, hey, Spotify, you know, that's a nice little platform you got there. Be a shame if something happened to it. They make these mob-like threats and say, stop him from talking. And, and that's one thing because Jen Psaki is a, an authoritarian tyrant, lion. It's one thing for her or for the Biden regime to do it. It's another thing for the media to cheer it on, to applaud it and say, yes, we, they have to do more. They have to stop this man I disagree with. How does that not give everybody? Why is it just us or, or just you know, people on the right? How does that not give every sentient human adult the creeps that the government is demanding a private company do more to stop the free speech of our fellow citizens. How does they, that not scare everybody? Well, they don't, that's not what they're after anymore. They don't care about rights. They don't, uh, they don't care about free speech. They, they, all they care about is access 
to the people in power and applause from people on Twitter. And if they get that, then they'll always sort of they'll they're on if they're on the winning side, the people with power side, then they're going to be wealthy. They're going to be they're going to get the the hand claps. Um, they're going to be famous. That's just the way it seems to be going. They don't care about the First Amendment. These are just uh, people and, and in self-interest. You know what? They don't even acknowledge it. It's like, well, you know, we've got this First Amendment, this thing which is there to protect speech you don't like. It's there to protect, you know, speech that you disagree with. It's not there to protect popular speech. It's there to protect unpopular speech for crying out. All right, let's get to Saki before we uh, tell our listeners the big names, the high, the the, the heavy hitters who are bailing on Spotify yesterday. Each day we'll give you an update because uh, this is big. And, you know. Uh, the dominoes are falling, that's for sure. Oh, they are. We said there would be some big names. I'm, I'm just, I'm pretty sure these are big, big, big names who bailed on Spotify yesterday. But let's listen to Saki, who speaks for the president, the commander-in-chief, the spokesman for the president, demanding a private company do more to stop her fellow citizens from speaking. It is scary, but let's listen to uh, to Ginger Goebbels here. Uh, do you think that companies like Spotify should go further than just you know putting a label on there to say, hey, go do your own, you know, to check this out. You know, there's more research you can look at, you know, scientific research regarding COVID. Sure. Well, last July, I, I, you probably know, but the Surgeon General also took the unprecedented step to issue an advisor on the risk of misinformation in public health, which is a very significant step. And amid that, he talked about the role social media platforms have. So our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out and mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? You are 16 times more likely to be hospitalized if you're unvaccinated and 68 times more likely to die than someone who is boosted if you're unvaccinated. She keeps she, you know, she, She's making that up. <laughs> she's uh, making that up. I don't know where those stats uh, are coming from. I know. Uh, but just matter of factly, you know, they got to do more. They got to stop that. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's, it's obnoxious. It's immoral. It's just un-American. Stop him from talking. Stop him. And, and by the way, she's referring to that creep, the Surgeon General, Vivek McThur Mur Murthy, Murthy yeah. whose job is, as an elk, we did it the other day, we, we read you the description of the Surgeon General's job. It has nothing to do with stopping speech. It has nothing to do with censoring speech. They're using this is a convenient excuse to to silence their opposition and intimidate their opposition. There are other people out there saying, "Oh, I better not mention you know ivermectin. I better not mention uh, you know this study or or uh, mass formation psychosis, or they could come after me. They could deplatform me." These are authoritarians. These are bullies. These are these are tyrannical people. Who, who have to be stopped. You can't, we can't accept this. It's just scary, but it's also funny. Um, I, I should do this now because this I read this story this morning and it had me laughing out loud. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, yesterday we heard from LA Mayor Garcetti who said he held his breath. He doesn't have to wear a mask like you do because he held his breath around Magic Johnson. You know I what? I wish he'd continue to hold his breath. 
I bet a lot of people hold their breath when they're around like 300 pound guys, sweaty at a game, crowded. I might, I might do that too. No offense to magic. You know, we all get a little sweaty at these, these crowded warm events, but uh, I'm going to give you the latest lunatics who should be laughed at in polite society. Robin Thicke, singer and Ken Jung. Is it Jung? How do you say his name? Young Jung. You know, the guy, I love the Hangover movies. Movies, I hate his role. He sucks. He sucks. Ken Jung. I don't Jung. know. The first time he pops out of the uh, the trunk of that car. Yeah, we're naked. Funny. That's yeah. You're right. That's not bad. But then he gets then yeah, it gets it's, ridiculous it's when he's swinging from the thing in the middle of the. It just he just it gets in the way. He gets in the way. Um, but these two guys are judges on the Masked Singer. That is Matt Carano's favorite show. It's not Ma- Masked Singer, <clears throat> and the some celebrity wears a mask and. This is, I just read this. It's on like its ninth season. And yeah. then I, 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 I saw like clips of it when, when Sarah Palin was on one time. And anyway, they just come out, the, the celebrity sings, and then they have to uh, guess on who it is. Well, a celebrity came out in a Abe Lincoln mask. I don't know what he sang, but they had to guess. I don't know if they guessed or not, but it turned out to be Rudy Giuliani, which is amazing that they would have him on a show. 77-year-old Rudy Giuliani took off the Abe Lincoln mask and Robin Thicke and Ken Jeong were so offended they stormed off the set. Do you know, want to know why? Not because it was Rudy. Not because he was you know, sweating and his hair dye was running like it sometimes does. Because he didn't have a mask. The masked singer took off his mask and didn't have a mask. So these guys, these, these idiots, stormed off the set. Can I remind you who the host is? Who does apparently it doesn't bother them. The host is Nick Cannon. Right. Who said white people are inferior because they don't have the the melatonin. White people are incapable of empathy. White people are next to are like animals. This is a Louis Farrakhan disciple who said the most outrageous, these most offensive things in his own words, by the way, on a podcast. I think he was suspended for like a day and a half. He's back. He's making tens of millions of dollars. Celebrities all love him. That's cool. I mean, what he said was a thousand times worse than what Whoopi said. Or oh, yeah. What, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What Chris Harrison said or what Nick, uh, Gina Carano, your cousin said. But he's cool because, you know, he just hates white people. That's all. That doesn't bother Robin Thicke and Ken Jung. But if Rudy Giuliani takes off his mask and doesn't have another mask, they're so offended they storm off the set. That is your latest in uh, mass formation psychosis in America today. They're but, just holding on uh, for dear life, aren't they? You know what the, big, right. the, the biggest are. they're dis- holding on for dear life. The biggest disappointment for me is someone like Mayor Wu, who came in at the end, the tail end of the pandemic, and think of like how think of how like she would have been so popular if she came in, even Democrat doesn't matter, came in and said, "Listen, we're not doing mandates anymore. We're at the tail end of this. Everything is fine. We're moving on." If she would have done that. She would be like the most popular person in Boston right now. But instead, you know, she tightened the grip. And it's it's what they do. I mean, she went, <clears throat> she's smart. She went to Harvard. But they their their mindset is, their mentality is, how can I control the people today? You know, what can I do <clears throat> to control? They don't ever think of, of the private sector. They don't think of business owners. They don't think of <clears throat> people that go out there and work for a living. They've had everything handed to them. Their whole lives, same with Liz Warren, same with Ayanna Presley, same with with most of you know Jen Psaki. These people don't know how it works in the private sector. They don't know people who own gyms or restaurants or 
small businesses, they don't care about them. They care yeah. about control. They, they love the control. And so what if some people lose their livelihood or lose their restaurant they've had for generations? Who cares? Their, their job is to control the masses. And you look at her, look at her cabinet, look at the people around her. There's nobody there who's ever worked for a living. They're all grifters. You know, they all find ways to work, uh, to live off the public dole like she does. They don't, that never enters their mind. And it doesn't matter if masks work. It matters what masks look like. What does it look like? Oh, it looks like we are doing our best to stop the virus, to flatten the curve and stop the virus. We are doing our best to show everybody just how much we care. The people in, at Harvard, the people we talk to at the Globe and at Harvard and at the, you know, the faculty lounge types, they, they like this. They support this. So what if a bunch of restaurants that have been in, in families for generations, so what if the gyms go out of business? So what if the city, it, it, it destroys neighborhoods in the city, like the financial district? So what? Yeah. The people at Harvard think I'm doing a great job. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see when people like her, tyrants like her, finally give it up. I mean, finally say they're going to okay. have to try to turn it into a win somehow. I don't know how they do it, but they're going to have to, or they're all going to get voted out of office. That's true. All right, let's get to, uh, we got so much else, but Brian Flores update. Oh, I didn't give you who uh, I should just give you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the people, the heavy hitters, I predicted this, you know, when Neil Young started the ball rolling, I said, one of these days is going to be some heavy hitters. Well, we got them yesterday. Um, Mary Trump. Is pulling her uh, podcast from Spotify. That's going to leave a hole in you know Spotify's uh, podcast lineup, and I think some people are going to be pretty upset. Um, but also, Roxanne Gay wrote an uh, essay for the New York Times explaining why she's pulling her podcast from Spotify. Do you know who that is, Carano? No idea. I don't either. Maybe she's uh, Marvin Gaye's uh, daughter or something. I don't know. But Roxanne, and as I predicted, I got this one right. Stills and Stills and which which Crosby Stills Nash and Young. So you Young go. was the first. Yep. And then Nash. So Crosby and Stills, and Stills said they're out too. So yeah. Uh, so that's Buffalo so, Springfield where that's done. Right. All and, these. Uh, in fact, I, I said that the other day. Neil Young couldn't take the Crosby Stills Nash and Young songs right. off Spotify, which were their best songs for the most part. But now they can. Every damn old, wrinkly, watched-up hippie is uh, joining forces, you know, with the state against the individual's right to speak. It's fascinating. The hippies are all with the government, with the establishment now. What a, what a thing. But uh, one of these days, again, you're going to see uh, Springsteen or, or uh, Taylor Swift who are being pressured to join the mob. <clears throat> and these are cowards. And these are people who have don't mind being with the cancel culture mob. So it'll happen. And, uh, we will give you up to every day. It'll happen every day. There'll be somebody else. Stuttering John, uh, too. uh, John what, what did he do? I missed that. I one. Think, Stuttering John. I think he has a pot. I don't think this is a joke either in line with Neil Young, Graham Nash, Joni Mitchell, and Mary Trump. He announced, <laughs> I too stand in solidarity with them and have removed my stream from Spotify. So we must have a podcast in protest of Joe Rogan's misinformation and utter lies about COVID. That has probably caused many unnecessary deaths in this country. <laughs> uh, quick question for you, John. You know, you funny guy. <clears throat> you know, you obviously uh, got your start with Howard Stern. Your whole thing was, you know, uh, upsetting people. I'd, I'd say the uh, the right to speak 
kind of worked out well for you, Stuttering John. It did. What do you, what has Joe Rogan said that upset you so much? Just one, one or two specifics. Do you think that moron could name one thing? No way. He says uh, that has probably caused many unnecessary deaths. That has probably okay, what caused. Would that be? What would that be, stupid? Anything? Anything? Yeah. Of course not. He's a fraud. And, uh, and stuttering. I mean, honest to God. How would Stern and Stuttering John and all these hippies people, are coming out against the right to speak? People were uh, making fun of, is it Harry and Meghan Markle? Is it Harry? Is he the prince that married yes, Harry, Oh, that's right. Harry and Meghan Markle. They have, who have, they, 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 they have like 35 minutes of podcasts right. on Spotify. <laughs> and they've made and like they, $20 million. And they removed it. So, uh, or they asked to be removed. So. <laughs> they remo- I know. They're being I'm telling you, you, if you judge people by your enemies, then you know, Joe Rogan is going to come out of this looking great. He already has. But the people who are, are uh, staying against him are just they such so frauds. They're such followers. They're such sheep. I mean, they don't know what they're talking about. It doesn't matter. They're just joining the mob because it's trendy. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I like Rogan, but I don't listen to all his podcasts. He is going to, I don't even if he ends up off Spotify, wherever he ends up, he's going to come out of this looking like a hero, a, a, a defender of free speech, a free thinker, a, a guy who, you know, pushed back when it called for a little pushing back. Rogan is going to look like a champion with this when this is all over. And these little people, these little washed up old turds and these, and these frauds and these sellouts like Stern and Stuttering John are going to look like fools. But anyway, let's get to the latest on uh, the Brian Flores story, which is pretty wild. And Jeff Zucker. I always thought it was Zucker, but on CNN, they call him Zucker. So I'm going to call him Zucker. Jeff Zucker. We'll do it. That creep. But uh, first, let me tell you about, what am I telling you about? VPN? Sure. Express. I love doing this because I love Express VPN. Honest to God, these are good people, a good company, a good idea. You know what I've been telling you. The problem with big tech companies is that not only do they censor what you read, but they track what you do online. They track what you're searching for, the videos you watch, everything you click on. They know. They watch. How creepy is that? They use this data to serve you ads, and they can match your activity to your true identity. Think about everything. You browse, search, watch. They use it to turn you into a product. The same big tech companies who are largely responsible for canceled culture are also using your information to profit. They cancel you and they have the gall to make money off you at the same time. That's why we use ExpressVPN and you should too. It's a simple tool that protects you from big tech companies by hiding your identity and your online habits. ExpressVPN disguises you and prevents big tech companies from tracking your online activities and turning you into a product. Every time you go online without ExpressVPN, the big tech companies are watching. And it's not just them. Hackers and identity thieves are doing the same thing. But with ExpressVPN, you can stop them from tracking you and stealing your data. Protect your privacy by going to expressvpn.com slash Callahan. You can support this show, strike back against big tech, and keep identity thieves at bay. There are hundreds, thousands of data brokers out there whose sole business is to sell you ads, sell you, sell your data. The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or even get your consent. Well, ExpressVPN can protect you. It masks your internet connection and your location. The best part is it's really easy to use on your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Just go to expressvpn.com slash Callahan and sign up today. Install it in seconds. And once you do, protecting yourself online is just one click away. 
Go to expressvpn.com slash Callahan. All right, we've been telling you how we're all getting back to normal, at least much of the country, much of the world, Europe. They're getting back to normal. They're dropping all these restrictions. People are traveling again and taking vacations. I'm doing that soon. I'm taking a trip. And you know what I'm going to do? Take lots of pictures. And you know what I can do after that? I can turn them into art. This is the way you can celebrate your favorite times. You go to paintyourlife.com. It's a great idea. It's a great gift for birthdays or weddings or anniversaries. And it's not as expensive as you might have thought. That's what I thought. I said, man, this is probably really expensive. It's not. You get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You can combine photos together, places, people into one painting. You choose from a team of world-class artists and you work with them until every detail is perfect. The user-friendly platform makes it easy to order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes and you can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks. Send any picture of a place, kids, a beach, a pet, maybe a loved one you have lost, children's, your kids playing their favorite sport, whatever. Uh, you, you can turn that into art and make a perfect gift. It's meaningful, it's personal, and can be cherished forever. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now, as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer, text the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 64,000. That's Jerry to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the ma- the moments that matter the most. All right. I tweeted yesterday morning, before I think we started recording, uh, I was watching CNN, and they, they had, just before uh, Brian Flores came on with his less-than-diverse legal team, uh, they had George Martin, former giant, on, and George Martin said that Brian Flores was the Rosa Parks of the uh, NFL, which is pretty silly by any standard. Yes. And um, so I tweeted, uh, I just mentioned, I mentioned that in one tweet. In the next tweet, I said, Brian Dayball, the new Giants coach, is 46. He's been coaching for 25 years. The Giants is his first coaching opportunity. Brian Flores was 37 when he got hired by Miami. By the way, he was never even a coordinator, and he uh, never played, worked for the Patriots, and uh, got hired at 37 as a head coach. He got fired in the middle of a five-year, $15 million fully guaranteed contract, you know, just like Rosa Parks did. Obviously, just a flippant comment, mocking George Martin, mocking the idea that, that there's any, <laughs> any uh, comparison between the two. And I got just bombarded with tweets from everywhere, from all over the place, blue checks and media people. Oh, you're racist. And what is this so racist? And first of all, I'm not the one that compared Brian Flores. And maybe they didn't see the previous tweet. I Probably guess that's a flaw. Not. Yeah, That's a flaw because people were retweeting this and then I'm just getting bombarded. And some people I responded to and explained that it's, it's George Martin that compared him to Rosa Parks, not me. I'm mocking the concept. But I, a day later, I am doubling down on my analysis. The, the charge of racism for the NFL, and it's a class action suit, and he's, and he's uh, suing the entire league. He's focused on the Giants and the Broncos, obviously, but folk, I think that doesn't hold water. I'll explain why in a second. The second part of this, which is much, much bigger, 
and it's getting overlooked because the media is obsessed with race and they love this. So all the usual suspects at ESPN and wherever the Boston Globe are all writing about you know, the NFL's racist because they live for this stuff. They love it. And Brian Flores and his all white legal team knows this. So they're playing their hand, they're playing the race card and it's working and he's being compared to Rosa Parks. But the Dolphins end of it, where he's charging Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, he's accusing him of offering him $100,000 per game to lose games on purpose. He didn't do it. He refused to do it. He refused to meet with Tom Brady, who was under contract, which is another thing he says to make himself look good. And that's true. That's a pretty big deal. But the, but the offer to pay the man to lose is so big, so explosive, so damaging that it will cost Ross the team and more if it's proven true. And again, Flores' lawyers, I watched it, were on CNN, they were everywhere, they were on ESPN, said, we have proof, we have emails, we have texts, we have witnesses. If they're telling the truth, and that's a big if, these are lawyers and they're, they're looking to cash in, that is the biggest scandal in NFL history. Ross loses his team. The Dolphins are tainted forever. They lose draft picks. They lose, uh, you know, everything. If it, but here's the problem. Stephen Ross is uh, 81 years old. He's a billionaire. He's, he built the Time Warner Center in New York. I'm just reading his bio. He's a, you know, he's, he's a controversial figure, but I don't think he's dumb. He's lived, he's lived to this point, made a fortune. Do you think there would be any paper trail, any evidence that he would offer a coach money to lose? I mean, it looks real bad uh, if on his like intelligence if he act, if he left a paper trail. But of the two accusations, the two like sort of main accusations that that Flores is uh, leveling, that one's the easiest to prove. Like the the Rooney Rule stuff is harder to prove depending on like how the rules are, are, are sort of spelled out and what the teams did. But that one's easy to prove if, cause if there is a paper trail, they are, the dolphins are screwed. Ross is screwed. It's, it's, I mean, you can't even put into words how big, how bad this is. If he did indeed, if there's a text, if there's a witness who will back up Flores, story, it's over. They take the team away. You know, they, they, they it is the biggest scandal in NFL history. I, uh, I'd like to see it. I can't imagine Ross was that dumb, but you never know. These guys are arrogant. They're they're rich. They're powerful. They've had their way. They are arrogant. So Flores and Flores has it's not real proof, but Flores didn't lose. He won. Had two winning seasons. He beat the Dolphins Patriots twice. He had the team playing hard for him. That was not what the owner wanted, according to him. So it's like a Ted Lasso. It's a it's a major league situation where the owner wants to lose to improve whatever the draft it, status. It, it actually, it makes it easier for, for me to believe Flores because he should not right. have been fired. We, we talked about it when he was fired. This makes no sense. His players played hard for him. He had a winning season. He looks like he's doing a great job. A good coach didn't make any and, sense. This makes a lot more sense now. And if it's indeed proved that he got fired for winning, yeah, he looks so good. And he was already interviewing for head coaching positions. He's 40. He was going to get another head coaching job, maybe in New Orleans, maybe in Houston this year. And if not this year, he'd be a coordinator, which he has never been, and he would get one next year at 41. He was a hot young prospect. He's throwing that all away. And again, I, I just on principle, you have to give him credit. He is pushing the chips in the middle of the table and laying it all out there yeah. saying, 
I don't care. I'm doing this for bigger reasons. And you have to believe him because he was literally interviewing for these jobs. And maybe they all weren't real legit interviews, interviews, which I'll get to. But he was going to get another job, head coaching in the NFL. He's not now. No. I don't know when. I don't know when he'll recover from the, you know, the damage he's doing to per people like Belichick, like Elway. Might be years, might be never, but he's not going to get another job anytime soon. So you, I guess, you got to give him credit for standing on his principles. But there are people who are really uh, uh, surprised that the NFL holds these sham interviews with minority candidates. I first, you know, heard about him, you know, uh, in the Giants job and then, the, then Belichick's tweet, a Belichick's text saying, yeah, mistakenly congratulating him. I think it was Dayball. We all went over that. Saying that they're going to hire Dayball, but they're going to interview a couple of black candidates to satisfy the Rooney rule. I thought that happened every year. I thought that happened every every team. I thought we already accepted the fact that they every interview is not necessarily I don't say not necessarily legit because sometimes owners, general managers, particularly new general managers have a candidate in mind, like in New York where they want Brian Dable to fix their young stud quarterback, the way he fixed Josh Allen. So it makes all the sense in the world that Brian Dable, who's 46 and is getting his first chance to be a head coach um, would be the, favorite in New York. It makes all the sense in the world that they would want uh Dayball. And so they interviewed a couple of, I believe they interviewed Leslie Frazier, Patrick Graham, and they interviewed um, Brian Flores, but it wasn't, he wasn't, he probably wasn't going to get the job. That's routine. The Rooney rule has been in place for 19 years. This happens every time that it requires them to interview a black candidate. They expand that to GMs too, by the way. So if you want to call them sham interviews, fine. They're, they might You might not really have a legit chance at the job, but you do have a chance to get your name out there, to get some practice interviewing, and you do have a slight chance to blow them away and get the job. And I mentioned that's what Mike Tomlin did, I believe, in, in Pittsburgh. So other black coaches know the deal. They know that this rule one of the problems in this rule is that you will get interviews, but you might not get a real chance at the job. They understood that that was you know, part of the deal that you would get an interview. They might have someone else in mind, but you would get your name out there. You'd be on the short list. You get some practice interviewing and you might just blow them away. And they will say, change of plans. We're hiring the black guy. That's the rule. That's what the way it works. That's the way it's worked since 2003. As I mentioned yesterday, when Jerry Jones hired Bill Parcells in 2003, he had to satisfy the ruling rule. So he called up Dennis Green and had like a five minute phone call and said, well, I, I interviewed Dennis Green. The league said, good, fine. You're good. Obviously Jerry Jones wanted Bill Parcells. He's Bill Parcells. It's like the idea of, uh, I guess he's not going to Minnesota, but Minnesota wanted Jim Harbaugh, huge name. If they had hired Jim Harbaugh, um, they would have interviewed you know, whatever, a black coach or two. And that black coach would have known Jim Hobar was their first choice. They would have done it anyway. They would have said, that's good. I learned more about that organization, the process of being interviewed. I know what I got to do now. And 
maybe the next team that has an opening will say, oh, yeah, that guy's been – he's on everyone's short list. Let's give him a look. That's the deal. That's the rule. The idea – and I realize a lot of people, you know, you got like Boston Globe columnists who don't know anything about the league and just they're just latching on this like leeches because they love anything about, you know, race, racism and, you know, discrimination and they're going to just – they're going to run with it totally ignorant and act like the sham interview is some big new explosive scandal when it's really routine. And you and I watched Hugh Jackson, former uh, coach of the Raiders and the uh, Cleveland Browns talking about his uh, experience in in Cleveland, how they wanted to lose uh, and get better draft picks and get younger. And he knew the deal but he didn't go as far as say that, you know, I was ordered to lose, you know, the way essentially Brian Flores was. Well, I just watched Marvin well, in Lewis. in the tweet, though, in the tweet, he said it was right, lucrative. Right. So, and maybe he's joking around, but he is saying that it was it was uh, financially beneficial for him to lose games. And then I feel like he doubled down. We talked about this before the show started, but when when I saw this ESPN interview, he he was trying to backtrack, but it didn't. I don't think he succeeded. I think it actually implicated him and the Browns. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a big story. We'll see if it if it gets any but, traction. But everybody knows that bad teams. I mean, particularly toward the end of the year, last couple of games, bad teams want to lose, especially if there's a quarterback like Joe Burrow sitting there, which is the guy Steve Ross wanted, which is why Steve Ross wanted to lose to get Burrow. But everyone knows teams do that. I just can't believe teams hell order the coach well in this case and, and and by the way marvin lewis let me just say he's, yeah yeah and these these older black coaches they want to support brian flores but they've come up a little short of saying yes i believe the teams order their coach to tank well and, and they asked they asked he said marvin lewis just on cnn with john uh, berman i watched it he said were you ever told we want to lose we want to uh get a, be- a better draft pick. And he said, no, sir. I mean, so, a- so I, there's one thing to say at the end of the year. All right, let's play our second string and third string to get a look. And the result of that will be, we'll have a, you know, a, a higher draft pick. But what Hugh Jackson is saying is there's a, they had a four year plan in place right. where we weren't supposed to win until years three and four. And that there were incentives, bonus incentives for him to hit these benchmarks that were, I mean, if you look at them losing benchmarks, like uh, having the youngest team or right. having the most draft picks or the highest draft picks. He didn't, he didn't go further, but I'd love to see this four-year plan. If uh, this has got to be in, in writing and then for a Hugh Jackson to say, I didn't understand what the bonus meant though. I was getting paid for all these. He didn't say this, but losing benchmarks. It's like, come on, you're a smart guy. You're one of 30 coach, you know, NFL coaches or whatever. Like you, you're, you're, uh, you're a smart guy. You, you knew, you knew what, what, what this was all about. It's it, it, you're absolutely right that when you're on like a Browns, you know, typical Browns team, but there's a lot of teams that go through that rebuilding process. And when the coach goes, you know, one in six, one in 15 or one in 16 now and gets the top pick, he's done his job. You know, he's done his job in the minds of the owners, especially if there's a, a Trevor Lawrence or a, or a Joe Burrow sitting there. You say, we got to get him because we can't win without a franchise quarterback. So everybody knows it, but it's it's just understood. It's not said. It's understood that 
you know, if we play young guys, if we play that that young quarterback and he's going to you know, take a beating and we're going to, I mean, that's how, you know, the Colts got Peyton Manning. The Colts got Andrew Luck. It's how the, the, the Cowboys got Troy Aikman. I mean, teams get franchise quarterbacks by tanking. They just don't order the coach or incentivize the coach with bonuses. But you're right. Hugh Jackson tweeted something that everyone wanted to know more. And then he went on with ESPN. I just uh, watched it and backed off or he did his best. To I back don't. Off. Yeah. We, I think he tried to back off, but actually I think he made a situation worse. He confirmed his four year. He confirmed that there's, there's, there was a four year plan and then he got paid for bench for losing benchmarks. I mean, when you confirm that he's, he was like, he, he was trying to cover his own ass too. He was like, he was saying things like, uh, I, I didn't, he was trying to say that he wasn't participating in that pay to lose situation, but he, he, he didn't understand why he was getting paid this bonus money. So you can't have it both ways, Hugh. Uh, I, I think he, I think he buried right, himself well, in the same let's, let's listen to some Hugh and try to dig himself out of this because you know what, Karana, he knows he wasn't directly told you got to lose and we'll pay you if you lose. That's the charge that Flores is making against Stephen Ross. Right. He's saying it was it was explicit. Lose, we'll pay you. Get a higher draft pick and it'll be profitable, which is unbelievably explosive and scandalous. And the media is going to do their best to find someone to back Flores up. I don't think it's happened yet. I don't think this qualifies. But let's listen to uh, Hugh Jackson, who's, by the way, now the coach at Grambling State. Brian Flores claims in his lawsuit that he was offered $100,000 per loss by Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. You implied on Twitter that similarly to Flores, you were incentivized mm -hmm. to tank. Explain what happened. Well, I, I need to really explain that because I think people have taken that and run and said, hey, look, uh, people think that you're in on uh, something that happened. Uh, that's not the case. What I was trying to make sure people understood is that we were paid for you know, you're going to see it as losing, but the way the team was built, there was no chance really to win and win at a high level. You're in a situation to where what you have to do is uh, do the best you can. My record that year was one in 15. Uh, there was a four-year plan that was crafted, um, and I have documentation of that that I think any coach would kind of cringe at if he saw it because it talked about things that had nothing to do with winning. Uh, aggregate uh, rankings, uh, being the youngest team, uh, having so many draft picks. None of those things are what lead to winning. Teams that win don't have a lot of draft picks. Teams that win, they're not just the youngest team, not that the youngest teams can't win. So I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand what that plan was. And I asked for clarity. I asked, what is this? Because it did not talk about winning and losing until year three and four. So that told you right there that something wasn't correct, but I still couldn't understand it until I had the team that I had. And once being in the midst of it and finding out the team that I had and understanding that, wait a minute, at the end of the year, I'm, there's a, a, a money that's coming in. And like I said, I didn't really understand it. Here's this money and percentages based on what you did. See that, see that right there. Yeah. He's, saying, he's well, saying, I, oh, I didn't understand what these benchmarks were. Bullshit. You are a smart guy. You're a head coach uh, in the NFL. You absolutely understood what this meant and you got money for it. You got bonus percentage money for those benchmarks, those losing benchmarks, you goddamn liar. But 
that's all in writing. I mean, that's that's verifiable. Yeah. And so the Cleveland Browns, I mean, they might be a loser franchise, but they know you can't like give a coach a bonus for losing. So they give him a bonus for being young or being. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think this is I a huge it. story. I don't know if it gets traction, but I think this is huge. Well, it is huge in Miami if they could prove it or if, I mean, there's uh, again, Stephen Ross is a billionaire. You think it was just him and Flores, just the two of them on the boat or on the, in a room when he said, we'll pay you to lose. If, I mean, if Flores can prove it and that's a big, if that is so big. And again, the media will, that's, they have another shiny object. It's the giants It's Belichick's dumb texts that he sent. It's John Elway being drunk. The, all I'm going to say is that story in Miami is being underplayed because the story of the sham interview is being overplayed. The sham interview is part of the process of the Rooney rule and the black coaches who, uh, who have been interviewed as a result understood it, accepted it, and looked at the bright side, essentially, that they're not going to get every job. In fact, there's lots of jobs like in Dallas with Bill Parcells or you know, in, uh, in, in Jacksonville when they hired Urban Meyer, it didn't work out, but he was such a big name that they had the chance to hire Urban Meyer and everyone knew it, that the black coaches who were interviewed at the same time knew they were a real, real long shot, that they knew they didn't really have a shot at job and did it anyway for the experience, for the chance to meet the owner, to get the connections, to get to impress people during the process. That's part of the deal they knew it let's not pretend it's a scandal it's not and and all people are going to look at and say oh there's only one black coach is they hired another white guy minnesota just hired kevin o'connell uh well you know did they interview black coaches yes did those black coaches feel like they had a ch- chance of getting a job maybe not but maybe their name is now in circulation maybe the next opening maybe in new orleans maybe in houston that's the whole point of the Rooney rule to get them in circulation, you know, to get, to get them in, in part of these network, this old boy network and uh, might not be working out as intended. You could tweak it. You could blow it up and start over, but it's not a scandal. It's not a scandal at all. The Miami thing, that is a scandal. And uh, I'd be curious as to what happens next. Doesn't it still seem bizarre that Flores made the decision and made it quickly? I mean. Again, he was interviewing for the New Orleans job two days ago. The Giants was last week. He put this whole lawsuit together, his 58-page lawsuit, blew up his career, you know, shook the NFL to its foundation in a matter of well, you know, and, days. And from what his lawyer said, uh, it sounds like as soon as he got that text from, from Belichick, right, right. they were already, the lawyers and him were already thinking about their media strategy. They had already reached out to, who was it? Was it CNN that they were on? Uh, he was they on, were on a couple Well, days? they started CBS, CBS, then they went to CNN, right, then they right, went right. to ESPN. CBS. They went, uh, they had a car so, in New York and they went around the city and went to all the different networks. So from the point and, of, from, from the point of the media tour, um, you know, looking back, it was only a few days from when, when the Bill Belichick text got to him. So that they worked really quick to do that. That was a quick decision. You're right. And uh, John Elway in the Broncos already responded, said it's a lie. They took it seriously. They had a real interview. They, Elway wasn't drunk. Uh, Belichick has not responded, but I guarantee he's not happy with his former coach. And I don't know if he will ever say anything. It's rare. Although he did come out yesterday and say Brady was the greatest player ever. And Brady responded, and I'm still hurt. I, I can't talk about it, Karan. I can't talk about the fact that he hasn't thanked me. 
for all my support over the years, but you never know. Maybe it's coming. Maybe, maybe he's taking his maybe time. It is. Yeah, he's taking his time. All right, let me do Shay, and then we'll wrap this sucker up. I do want to uh, give me a quick Olympic preview. Yeah, please right? do. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. All right. All right, but first, let me tell you about Shay Concrete. Let me tell you what you can do uh, for a home improvement project. You can get yourself some precast concrete steps. It's easy. It's affordable. And it's just what your your house needs. A little upgrade in the front entrance. Uh, if you're building a new home or maybe you're remodeling an old place, Shea has great values with designs for any home. You can uh, go with the concrete. You can customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Shea will remove the old steps, which isn't easy, and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance to your home that will add value. This is not... Just an upgrade. It's not an expense. It's an investment. Once you're done with this, your house is worth more and it looks better. With one phone call, Shade can deliver a turnkey installation experience. And in a few hours, you'll get a brand new front entrance. You can learn more about the precast concrete steps at shakeconcrete.com. You can also look for a job there. Shade Concrete is hiring right now. They have uh, between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities, good jobs for a good wage at a good company for all types of people and skill sets. Check it out at shakeconcrete.com or just stop in and uh, see what they got. Maybe it's a good fit for you. All you have to do is pass a drug test. Uh, they have to do that in uh, Beijing too. The athletes, they got to pass a drug test and a COVID test. Yeah. Is that, are they, are they anally swabbing? All of the uh, all oh, of the athletes. Jesus. Did you see that? <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> oh, can you imagine though if you're uh, if you're like trying to get into the Olympic Village and you're one of the athletes and they do there's this they have, this is no I'm turning I'm coming miserable, home. It's going to be the most miserable experience being there, locked down. Uh, everyone's never, watching you. Uh, no. They tell you they tell the athletes and by the media, by the way, the media to leave their cell phones at home. What person in this day and age, at any age, let alone you know. You're a 25-year-old skier or skater. This is the highlight of your life. And they tell you to not bring your cell phone? There's, there's, <laughs> there's no – that sounds like it the most be. miserable experience for everybody involved. I would never want to go to something like that. And uh, you know everyone's watching you. And you know if you, if you cough or sneeze, they're going to quarantine you, throw you in some camp. Uh, it's going to be wild. And you'll have the media, particularly the corporate media in America, lying about – China and saying how oh, it's wonderful and they don't see any slave labor. Or they don't see any lockdowns and you know, there'll be athletes getting COVID. It's inevitable coaches, media people, and they will be locking them down and, and then, uh, you know, doing what they do in China. It's going to be crazy. I told you I was flipping the channels last night, watched a little curling. God, is that a silly sport? And you look at these guys and just, it was some guy. He was like, you know, had a dad bod and tattoos and he's out there scraping the ice with the broom. <laughs> If he wins, he gets the same medal that Michael Phelps got, you know? I think so. By doing it in a sport, here's how I judge my sports. The more leg uh, the more people who have done it, the more legitimate it is. So the when you see, like, the best sprinter or the best basketball player, just about everyone has done it. So these are the best. How do you know that's the best curler? I've <laughs> never know. done it. Have you done it? Uh, I think, yeah, I've played curling before. But Did you? Maybe once or twice at like a camp or something. I've ice never fishing. even seen it. And I feel like watching it last night, I would be better than the guy that won for the U.S. yesterday. But 
I mean, same with the bobsled. I never did the bobsled. How do you know I wouldn't be the well, best that, bobsled? That's a great. You probably would have been. You should have. I probably yes. I definitely. I definitely would have been. So I mean, that guy's not the best bobsledder. He's just the best who's tried it, which is why the Winter Olympics is kind of like the Goofy Games. There's a lot of silly sports have been never seen before. I like watching, you know, downhill skiing, and there are a few events that are pretty cool, but. Uh, it is just, it's kind of goofy. And this year it's extremely goofy. And, it's and there's no coverage. Nobody's talking about it at all. No one knows. It's well, there's coverage. I saw it is on there? USA network last night, but you're right. There's no buzz. There's no, nothing interest. on Twitter. No one's talking about it. The ratings are going to suck. There's very few media people there. Most people, most media people don't want to be there. They're like afraid I'll never get out, but the ratings will be terrible. You watch and there'll be very little interest. It kind of builds as the Olympics goes along and they, and the media latches on a darling like a Simone Biles or a or a Michael Phelps or somebody. So there'll be some of them, names that you know in two weeks that you don't know today. You watch, there'll be some of them. But there will be no great event that the whole country tunes in to see. And uh, this will be interesting. Uh, it was reported yesterday that some athletes are considering boycotting the opening ceremonies, which are tomorrow. Uh, that'll be interesting to see if some Americans take a stand, stand up for the slaves, the Uyghur Muslims who are uh, busy making crap for Nike that Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James and those other great social justice warriors will be selling. Uh, these are frauds. These are liars and scumbags who don't care about human rights, don't care about social justice. They care about uh, looking good to the Twitter world and making money. But maybe there'll be some athletes, kind of like Enos Freedom, Cantor Freedom, who has the balls to stand up and call out these frauds. There might be. We'll keep an eye on it. That will be pretty cool. If we find out there are people who genuinely stand up and protest the uh, com, uh, Chinese Communist Party and their treatment of the Uyghur Muslims and other human rights violations. Hell, they unleashed a virus on the world and killed six million people. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? It seems bizarre. They're hosting the Olympics, the country that released the virus and killed millions of people and destroyed countries around the world. They're now hosting the, the Olympics, which begin, which have already begun, but the opening ceremonies are tomorrow. I guess I'll check it out, but uh, I wish them the worst. But uh, that will do it for today. Um, anything else, Carano? No, I, I think that's so many things. I mean, we didn't really get to the Zucker stuff, but maybe that'll, that can wait uh, till tomorrow. We didn't get to uh, RIP Jeff Zucker, who was fired by CNN for screwing around with the help. And uh, all I'm going to say is congrats to the weather bitch. Janice Dean from C uh, from Fox has brought down all these, essentially she's been essential. She's been uh, integral in the effort to bring down all these scumbags, beginning with the Cuomo brothers. But now we have Zucker, and his honey, they're out. And uh, somebody was. She stays though. Allison uh, Golis does stay. She's going to stay at the company. We'll see. We'll see. Somebody tweeted. One of these reporters tweeted, "This is just the beginning." They're hearing whispers that the whole house of cards is coming down at CNN. Not sure who that would mean because there aren't that many big stars over there. But couldn't happen to a better bunch. These are just creepy. And this is. I mean, this is honest to God, like a friggin' frat over there. These nobody could keep it in their pants. The only one who keeps his hands to himself over at CNN, Jeffrey Tubin. He's the only one. All right, we will uh, end it on that note. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening and commenting. Thank you, Matt Carano. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. On Locals, tomorrow on Locals. <laughs>